you know, when we understand the nature of love, and I'm not someone that's perfect, man, I struggle like everybody. When we understand that when we have love for all beings, when we look at other people that are different from us, richer or poorer, or different colors, or people that are on the street and smell bad, or people that are very successful, or when we look at animals, you know, cows, pigs, chicken, fish even, they seem so strange. They're underwater, for God's sake. When we look into the eyes of any being and really try to cultivate that love, we open a doorway that can't be described, right? And we get glimpses of something bigger than ourselves. And that's the reason I'm vegan. It's just about the love. I don't want to hurt anybody. That's it. And I'm glad that I get to eat delicious food these days, but it's really all about the love. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. Or if you're new to this, welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. Uh, like I've been doing the past few weeks, again, an announcement, a reminder. April 25th to the 28th is our first ever Wild Wellness Weekend that I'm doing with uh, Richard Crowley and Casey Edwards, who have both been on the podcast. So if you don't know what they're about and their story, uh, go check out their episodes. But this is something I've wanted to do for a really long time. All the people in my life that have texted me, called me, DM'd me, emailed me with questions on health, questions on plant-based living, questions on exercise, um, and people that I just really wanted to stop, put life on hold, go spend a few days or a few weeks with, and teach them everything I know to be true about health and wellness. Um, but of course, you know, we, we all have lives and life gets in the way and I'm, I feel like I'm never able to do this. Um, and that's what the retreat is about for me to actually get to spend a few days with people. And the idea being, um, you know, it's, it's three days. You only have to take Friday off from work. It's way more accessible than like, 10 days in Costa Rica that costs thousands of dollars. Um, it's up in Sprucehead, Maine. So it's about three hours north of Boston. So hopefully for Boston folks, it's fairly easy to get to and also kind of feels like a little vacation away from it all. And the goal is not just three, three and a half days of living well and eating well and getting around awesome people, but to learn all the things you need to do to live well for the rest of your life. So you're going to learn how to, how to meditate. You're going to learn how to do yoga. You're going to learn, you know, what to eat, some new recipes to make for plant-based food and things like that. Um, you're going to get all your questions answered that you may have sent me a DM over or you've, you have questions about, um, so that you can then go home and apply them all. So it's about giving people the tools for lifelong wellness. And on top of that, just getting out of your norm, you know, skip the bar for the weekend, skip the normal crowd that you hang out for the weekend and come hang out with me and the people I surround myself with who are healthy freaking people that put their health first um, and everything else second. And I think for a lot of people, it just takes getting around people with a different mindset, getting around people that think differently, that act differently to open you up to um, new ways of doing things. And 
Um, yeah, that's what it's all about. So April 25th to the 28th, if you can make it amazing, if you have questions, DM me through the site, wildbutwell.com is our site for the retreat. Uh, DM me on, uh, Instagram and I'd, I'd, I'm happy to hop on the phone and, and chat further. Um, and I hope some of you guys can make it. Anyway, this week's episode, Jeffrey Harris. I'm fired up. I hope you guys are fired up for this one. Jeffrey is the co-founder and co-CEO of a restaurant company called Plant Power Fast Food. If you're not familiar, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is plant-based fast food. Uh, They're out on the West Coast right now. I went to their, what I believe was their first one in San Diego, about three years ago when this was like so new age, like vegan fast food. It was like, it blew my mind and I was new to the vegan scene too. And just having like the ability to walk in somewhere and get the equivalent of like a Whopper or, you know, you could also in that same place, get like a cold pressed juice and a awesome salad bowl. Uh, just combining those two worlds in a place that has a drive through and is fast and like just (laughs) hits all the fast food, uh, sort of, um, norms, you know, so just amazing, uh, company. Uh, so we talk all about why he started that, um, four locations now, a bunch more coming this year. Um, and they're really trying to become a player, become, you know, McDonald's for, uh, fast food, um, for plant-based fast food. Uh, so we talk about why he started it, why he went vegetarian way back in the seventies when he was like 14, uh, why love and nonviolence is the highest consciousness. Why, when you align yourself with the right intentions, the universe conspires to create opportunities for you. Why we should all take the time to ask big questions in life. What are we doing here? You know, what's our purpose? What's this all about? Um, the future of plant power and um, so much more. This episode is bomb. And not only do I love plant power, but more so, I just love Jeffrey. I mean, this dude, you'll hear it in the episode, so genuine and truly comes from a place of love. That's why he's building this business. That's what he seems to revolve his life around. Um, and I just was really taken back by how uh, connected and genuine and, and enlightened, if you will, um, this guy is and just really enjoyed our conversation in the brief time I got to uh, chat with him when I was out in LA. Um, so I'm going to let him tell the rest, but check out Plant Power Fast Food on Instagram and, and Facebook and, and Jeffrey and, and follow what they're doing uh, because it's, it's amazing stuff. Without further ado, the one and only Jeffrey Harris. Times are related is your currency. All right, I get I get Jeffrey Harris on the horn here, coming coming to us live from. Uh, so you're just outside LA. Yeah, basically I'm in an area called the San Fernando Valley. So basically I'm in Los Angeles, but uh, people are most familiar with it if they've heard like, dude, the Valley. That's kind of where I'm from. <laughs> nice, nice. And originally from out that way, correct? Yeah, exactly. Kind of spent the first few years in West Hollywood and. Uh, when I was a kid, we moved out to the valley back when it was kind of the faraway suburbs, more yeah. open fields and less development. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And what was kind of, what was life growing up like for you? Were you uh, into lifestyle or all that? Or like, what was kind of your upbringing in, in kind of the environment you were raised in? You know, kind of a normal, like middle-class upbringing. I mean, actually, you know, a little bit leave it to beaverish. I mean, just great parents, uh, yeah. wonderful brother and sister. We were all very close. Uh, you know, you kind of know what you know when you're growing up. You know, you go to school, you'll learn what your society is teaching you. Um, a lot of times you just don't know any different, but actually it was a very nice upbringing and, um, I'm grateful for it. I look back and I go, I did okay. Yeah. And where did you, uh, where'd you kind of start your career and, and all that stuff? Well, you know, I, I, I kind of have do a dual career these days. So, um, one of my careers is selling professional audio equipment. That's the kind of stuff you would find <coughs> a concert venue when you see big speakers hanging down or, okay. uh, music and things like that. And, you know, I was basically a home recording guy uh, with a little, this is before your time, Patrick, but we asked, actually used to record on this thing called tape. And, um, <laughs> you know, I used to do home recording and producing and things like that and played in bands and ended up, uh, uh, you know, uh, working in a music store and then kind of worked myself up into that industry. Um, and then, you know, ending up in the vegan world is kind of really a throwback to kind of having begun uh, vegetarianism. Um, back in 1974 was I was when I was 14 years old and just having made that choice before I became a vegan, you know, I was a vegetarian. Having yeah. made that choice, um, put me in contact with a lot of uh, conscious people and kind of new types of community and new ways of looking at the world, which also, uh, affected my path throughout my life. Yeah. So what was, do you remember kind of your thinking around 14 years old as to why you made that choice? That's a great question. I actually really do. Um, you know, I, I think sooner or later, every human being at some point goes, oh my God, this hot dog or this hamburger or this steak or this lamb chop is actually an animal. You know, it actually was a, a, a being, I would say a non-human person. And I started to kind of get that really strong when I was about maybe 13 years old. And it just seemed insane. If, if my intuition was correct, why, why does everyone eat animals and why am I eating animals? And I don't know if you're familiar with the Jewish um, tradition of the bar mitzvah, but <laughs> it's kind of the coming of age ceremony for a young man or woman. And in my bar mitzvah, I gave a speech about non-killing and not hunting and the death penalty. And nobody wanted to hear all these radical thoughts from some nebbishy little 12-year-old, 13-year-old Jewish kid from the valley. But I was thinking about those things a lot. And then when I was about 14, I remember having dinner with my family, all sitting around the table like we did every night. And uh, that particular, you know, we had meat every night, like, like everybody. That particular night, we were having veal, and I didn't know what veal was. And I asked my mother, I said, Mom, what is veal? And she said, veal's a baby cow. And I just remembered thinking, okay, this is insane. And I sat down my fork, and my mom knew that very moment that I had made like some life decision. She, before I even understood what was happening to, to me, she's saying, well, I'm not going to cook for you. She went on and on about that. But I basically became a vegetarian that moment, except for grandma's tuna salad sandwiches and uh, those lasted a little while until I saw a fish on a pier trying to get back in the water in Santa Monica and I went okay I'm done with that as well and so um kind of making that decision to not not cause harm to other beings just really changed everything for me just I realized I could be in alignment with something within myself that was true or that was out there in society and interestingly back then I didn't know any vegetarians. We had never heard of the word vegan. I didn't go vegan for like another 23 or 24 years. 
And I didn't know if maybe I was the first one. Nobody explained there was an Indian subcontinent with uh, hundreds of millions of vegetarians out there. <laughs> um, but back then, you know, the doctor said, well, you'll never survive. And everyone was telling you, you have to eat meat. And I remember when I was 19 or 20, I actually discovered a vegetarian restaurant. And I'm like, what? There's vegetarian restaurants? And, you know, um, and so I think it was all about getting into alignment with my own heart. And I think that you probably know this and other people that have adopted a cruelty-free diet have probably learned once you unravel that first mistruth or that first lie, right, that this is okay, a lot of the other lies start to unravel as well. Um, that war is okay or that it's, you know, often a good choice or that economic justice doesn't matter. And when you start to understand that behind every pair of eyes, every face that you see is a being, whether it's an animal being or a person being, when you start to recognize that, that really shifts everything. Although as a young person, it was disconcerting because I didn't know anyone else who kind of felt that way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it definitely makes you, as you said, once you unravel it, it makes you then question everything yeah. else that you haven't questioned before in your life. And exactly. Yeah. It leads down, leads down a whole nother path. So did you, I'm curious, did you like grow up somewhat around animals? Was it like somewhat rural where you like were able? No, we were like right in the middle of the valley, baby. It was like a kind of normal, you know, yeah. white bread, middle-class neighborhood. I mean, you know, we had uh, dogs and cats growing yeah. up and, you know, uh, and then, you know, as, as a kid, your relationship with animal is very, very deep and profound and loving because no one's told you yet that that animal will die one day or so, you know, I had relationships with cats and dogs and uh, it just seemed, seemed to me that they certainly wanted to live like I did. And I'd never really been exposed to animals other than maybe at a zoo or going camping and, you know, meeting some deer or squirrels, but um, I hadn't really been around farm animals per se, but it was obvious, like you look into the eyes of any animals and there's someone looking back at you. And I realized somehow that we had kind of part uh, partitioned certain beings off of our list of compassion and other beings were on that list. Like our yeah. Dogs, yeah, cause like I asked because when it came to the foods, you know, I ate growing up too, you know, pigs and cows and, yep. you know, I never, saw a pig or cow in my life really so like i almost assumed it was like this i don't know what i assumed they were like animals without i, I don't know like animals that weren't uh you know sentient or whatever i don't know what i assumed but it took me until you know i was 25 years old to actually see a cow and i remember the moment where you know mm. i was up at uh, a little farm and the the cow walked right over to me wagging his tail and wanted me to, you know, interact with him and pet him. And, you know, in that moment it clicked for me, but it took that long just because I wasn't around those animals. I had the connection with dogs and cats, but um, yeah. So it's cool that you made the connection to all animals without actually being around uh, the one G8. You know, that's so beautiful that when you saw that cow, you got it because I know that there are a lot of people, in my life, you know, friends, my mixed plate omnivore friends who can see that and still somehow not make the connection for some reason. And I even know a lot of people that would consider themselves to be healers and teachers and purveyors of higher consciousness or yoga or spirituality, but they haven't really made that connection yet to 
One in yoga we call ahimsa or non-injury. Non-violence, yeah. Ten Commandments, they just say, do not kill. That sounds good. Uh, you know, it's in this, at, the, at the beginning of every great spiritual path, that the first kind of consciousness that you need to get is to not cause harm to others. And, with, you know, through word, um, thought, um, action. And um, I just feel lucky. I, I kind of wonder if some of us in the animal rights movement are kind of old souls who have been doing this a long time. And we just like, we go, well, of course, right? Yeah. So why, I mean, why do you think that is? This is a question I ask like almost on every podcast, right? There's certain people, you give them the information, you know, yeah, make them watch the documentaries. You give them everything you, you need to, right? From a planet perspective, animal perspective, health perspective. And nobody disagrees. Most of the people in my life that have the information don't disagree. They can't take that knowledge and apply it to their, you know, actions in everyday life. What do you think it is, Dude. you know, me and you that I won't contribute to that end of the story? Right. I will not be part of it. But yeah. Patrick, you just asked the million dollar question. That's such a beautiful question. I've been contemplating this actually a lot lately, right? I mean, years ago, I used to work at this music store. I became friends with this guy named Mark, a really beautiful cat. I'm going to have to send him a copy of this podcast now that I've called him out. Fantastic. And, you know, I took him for all the money he had. I was selling him guitars and amplifiers, and I really loved the guy, a very sweet guy. And we became friends, and, uh, you know, one day we got together for lunch, and we went to my favorite local, at the time, vegetarian restaurant. Now it's mostly vegan, Follow Your Heart here in the Valley, kind of famous for the veginase and all the other products, cheeses, vegan products. I took him there. We're eating the vegan lunch. Because I figure if it's vegan, I'm buying. If it's not, you're buying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he asked me why I was vegan. And I told him. Actually, at the time, I was probably vegetarian becoming vegan. And he got it, right? I mean, he just got it. He just woke up. Like within a few weeks or months, he was on that path. And some people seem to recognize it and get it right away. So here's my guess, although I'm not a wise person and I don't know anything. <laughs> but, but I think that in our lives, right? Every, every person, <coughs> actually every being is trying to find joy uh, or a relief from pain. Now, even the plant on my front porch, sometimes it's like, dude, water. You know, I could feel it saying, hey man, I'm thirsty here. Yeah. Um, we all move away from pain. We all move towards comfort. Uh, we all move towards love and joy and feeling of safety. But I think the mistake is when we try to um, cultivate joy, um, happiness and peace and security, out of separateness, my stuff, my house, my business, me, out of that kind of sense of fear that's kind of built into our DNA. It's very helpful if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger yeah. or, if you're, or maybe you're fighting the local tribesmen for that last piece of cheese or meat or something. But I think that if we're coming from a place of separateness, trying to find it there, it's not found there. And we're running in circles for our whole lives. The moment that we realized that what we're seeking is actually found in connectedness and realignment with heart or love, or I'm getting cosmic with you, man, but thanks for hanging, or this underlying sentient or consciousness that connects us all. It, it's beyond words and it's beyond emotion. But when you, when you lean, when you realize that being of service, being kind, um, uh, creating a, a safe space for the beings in your life to feel safe, you realize that going towards the source of love is the only answer. Then you're willing to give up the things that stand in the way of that. It might be eating meat or dairy products. It might be investing in funds which exploit others. It might be any number of things. It might be staying away from a crowd that's 
not honest and kind. And so I see that all the time. I see that we as humans have our stories about how spiritual we are and how evolved we are. And I'm in the spiritual world a lot. I've been doing yoga and meditation for probably 40 years. But honestly, when I'm with um, you know, the folks have dedicated their themselves to the animal rights, or even just those have, have made a decision not to contribute to the suffering. That consciousness to me is like the highest consciousness, like whether or not people like attribute it to a divine power or Buddha consciousness or uh, anything. Right. But the people that are just deciding, no, I will no longer be part of hurting others and understanding that animals are included. That's where I, I've noticed um, kind of sweetest consciousness. And you and I were just recently at a very lovely gathering together with a lot of people that feel that same way. And I just felt that I was truly in the company of some old souls, some very evolved beings. Um, didn't know how they thought of these things other than they, that they knew love was important. Wow. That, that was one of the best answers I've, I've ever gotten. That was, I, I didn't, I didn't even practice, man. You just gave it at me. <laughs> so I got a follow up question to that because I'm curious because this is kind of what happened in my journey, but that realization to what you just said, love first. Um, for me, I think it stemmed from the food, from my food mm. change. So I'm curious to get your perspective. Did all that other stuff, the yoga, the meditation come you know, once you change your plate, obviously you're 14 years old, so it, it, it's a little different. You probably weren't thinking about any of that stuff. That I hadn't attained a very high level of samadhi yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, this, is a, this is a great question, and this ties into <coughs> my current business with Plant Power that we'll probably talk about. But um, for me, I, you know, it's funny. I really think everybody jumps into that circle in a different place. So that's such a good question, right? So I know... Uh, vegans who started from more of a plant-based perspective, okay, yeah. and <laughs> they started from a plant-based perspective, and then as they got off of eating animals and animal products, a couple things happened. Their consciousness shifted because they're not bringing fear and terror and um, cortisol and all the things that happen when those animals are slaughtered. It's a very traumatic, very emotional experience that we can't even imagine, right? And that's all in the meat and that's all in the dairy, right? And when people start taking that out of their system, their consciousness naturally changes. There's a reason that the ancient yogis, you know, are prescribed a vegetarian or vegan diet. So that's interesting. People that do that because they want to be healthy, they want to run marathons, they want to lose weight. They give up meat and dairy. They start eating plant-based foods. And suddenly I find that they start to ask themselves questions that they could not have asked themselves when they were engaged in the process of eating that food, when they were stuck in their addiction. So a lot of people go that way. And that's kind of the cornerstone of what I'm doing with my new business, which we'll talk about. I went the other way. I kind of recognized immediately that killing animals just could, couldn't be right. And I didn't want to take part of it. So I was a junk food veggie. I would go to McDonald's, get a cheeseburger, double cheese, hold the burger, <laughs> figure that out. <clears throat> and you know, I, I used to, my favorite thing was to, uh, I'll say this on your podcast, get stoned when I was like a teenager yeah. and then go eat my favorite pizza, which was numero uno's real deep dish stuff. And no one told me yet that most uh, cheese was actually not vegetarian either because cheese had meat prod uh, products or enzymes in them. But so, you know, for a long time, it was just like, I'm not going to eat meat. 
And, and then when I was about 19 or 20, I was actually hanging out with some hippies in Santa Cruz, California. Such a California story. <laughs> we went into some restaurant that was kind of like a walk restaurant, W-O-K, right? Mm-hmm. And you get, you get basically, they, you get a pile of brown rice in your bowl and some sauteed veggies and some tofu and some secret sauce. And I remember like going, looking at this thing and going, oh my God, this is like real food. Like I had been eating kind of like dead food my whole life. And for the first time, I remember experiencing, <coughs> excuse me, whole grains and really nice vegetables and tofu, which I used to eat a lot of. And it was a revelation. And so I've also been on the journey just towards health and wellness because there's joy in that. And, you know, I try to eat more on the green side of things, you know, more salads, more steamed vegetables. And, um, you know, people think, oh, you're a vegan. You must be really healthy. I'm like, you can get a bag of vegan bagels and vegan cream cheese too. <laughs> and that has its place. But I started, uh, for me, it started from an ethical perspective. And then, of course, about 95, I became a vegan. I understood that the meat, the dairy and the eggs were not part of where I wanted to be. <clears throat> and then I started to kind of see the health perspective. So I think people come from all sorts of places. Other people come from an environmental concern, which is a very moral and ethical perspective, is that they feel that what we're doing to ourselves and others and all the beings on the planet through animal agriculture is just very painful. And so even though they may not be connected to that individual animal soul yet, and the pain they're causing there, they may have that environmental perspective and start there. But I think ultimately it all leads to the same point of love, whether mm-hmm. you're coming from diet first or from ethics first, I think it all kind of leads back to health, wellness, love for yourself and others. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It, it's, that's so interesting because I very much came from the point of, as you said, you know, going plant-based for, to try it for my health. And then I always tell this story of, you know, I was doing a bunch of green smoothies and things like that for the first time in my life, you know, vegetables before that were just so foreign to me. And I had an interaction with my girlfriend that normally ended with me, you know, you know, just walking away and not dealing with it. And, you know, I've never been like a a fighter type person, but I would just be like, hey, absolutely not dealing with this and walk away. (laughs) And I was able to, sounds crazy, but I was able to, for the first time in my life, like experience empathy, believe mm, it or not. Wow, man. And it was literally, you know, four or five days of green smoothies, fruit. And then for some reason, I just had this, I don't know what it was, you know, this, this overcame me. And then from there, everything spiraled into. That's so beautiful. Well, you know, there's um, one theory of our physicalized being I, th- I think that we're basically i don't know what you might call it spirit energy or the ineffable or the mystical in a body having a lifetime but when that body is healthy and well and the toxins are removed mm. all the energy start to flow differently through the energy centers and then our heart can awaken more simply more better more better that's not a real word edit that out when i said more <laughs> better. that's that's a beautiful example and you know it's funny how as our consciousness shifts, things which could have triggered us or had us react. I mean, I find myself, for the most part, not always, just not that tripped out. If somebody in traffic flips me off or screams at me, I got caught about a year ago where somebody kind of caught me uh, not ready to be in my peaceful mode. But for the most part, it's like, I get it. You know, you're having a rough moment and we're only going to be here for like another few years. 
<laughs> and you were a baby at your mother's breast not that long ago, and I'll be taking my last breaths not that long from now. I think when we have this cosmic perspective um, and not get so identified um, with right and wrong and more with love, it helps. And, you know, I'm in a relationship, and so being in a relationship is where you get tested, man. Yeah, yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah, I could talk to you all day about this, but uh, let's let's pivot a little bit and uh, okay. get into the business. And and I guess a good place to start is um, how did you get into the business? Why did you get into the business? Um, and for those that don't know, uh, you're the co-founder of Plant Power Fast Food, which I I went out there probably three years ago. I was thinking about moving out there because I was mm. getting, it was probably around this time of year. I was getting nice, nice area. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went to the one in San Diego. So I went out to San Diego and then kind of drove up the coast um, with my girlfriend. And uh, yeah, we absolutely loved it because that concept was so foreign to us at the time. Like yeah. we, were, we yeah. were, you know, probably a year or two vegan and that just doesn't exist on the East Coast. Yeah, it's a fun idea. Um, I am uh, one of the three founders of Plant Power. Um, along with my partners, Mitch Wallace and Zach Boga. And these guys are brilliant. And as a quick origin story, because I, and I, I've told it a lot, but you may not have heard it. You know, I, when I was younger, I wanted, a, I wanted to open a vegetarian restaurant before I was vegan. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to raise like a quarter million dollars. And the idea was like, it'd be a cool spiritual bookstore. And we would have an area for acoustic music. And it would be awesome. And Back then, like my concept was cheese on everything, makes everything taste great. And um, my partner and I at the time, we didn't know what we were doing and we were having a hard time raising money. But what I bumped into by accident was nobody wanted to give us a quarter million dollars for our little veggie shack. But people would cut loose with millions of dollars if it was something that was scalable. Mm -hmm. right? And I, I, I was just thinking of having my little hippie dream. I had never considered anything like that. And we weren't successful. We're still great friends, um, my friend Benji and I. And years later, I started to ask myself uh, an important question that I think all of us do. I mean, I have a great gig. I'm fortunate to have some abundance in my life. I used to be a poor guy living in a garage, working in veggie restaurants. So now it's nice to be able to you know, pay the mortgage and mm. have a car that works most of the time, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but you know, I've asked myself, uh, you know, what, what is my contribution? What do I want to do in this world before I leave? And it just kept coming up like a bolt of lightning vegan fast food and i'll try to make that shit go away i'm sorry you can edit that out too or not <laughs> but i'm like that's a that's a big hill to climb i mean my what kept coming to me kind of as a download was no not one restaurant no not five no not 10 no not 20 but like let's go show the world a different way and the best way to do that i thought at the time and i still do would be to create uh, a fast food kind of drive-through takeout experience, very similar to what we're all already familiar with. I grew up with McDonald's as a kid with our McDonald's addiction and Jack in the Box and In-N-Out, whatever your favorite is, Carl's or Wendy's. I figured let's go right there into the heart of darkness um, mm -hmm. because the fast food industry uh, is ripping up the rainforest to create all that beef. Um, we're really destroying people's health. We're creating unfathomable amounts of suffering for literally millions of animals probably a day, billions of years. Sorry if my computer's making noise. And I thought that would be it, man, vegan fast food. And so I didn't have a lot of experience. I mean, I've worked in restaurants, but it's a very different deal altogether to 
have that operational expertise to actually run a restaurant. And I thought it would be like a needle in the haystack to find that one other person out there that had the same wacky dream I had, but had the operational side. You know, I've been growing up in corporate America. So finance, analysis, brand, marketing, I felt strong about my strengths, but I needed somebody on the other side. And uh, just about when I gave up, um, I really just about gave up. I remember standing on my back porch and saying, okay, universe, if you want this to happen, you better send me a sign because I don't want to be that crazy old guy with a dream. And a few days later, I had an ex-girlfriend, Susan, call me and she introduced me to Mitch Wallace, who's my partner. She said, call this guy. He's your guy. And then uh, through Mitch, I met Zach Boga, who worked for him. And what we realized, the three of us realized that we all had had the same vision, actually, of impacting culture, of giving most of the people, which is omnivores and mixed plate people, a soft, non-judgmental, loving landing spot to try plant-based foods in a format that they're used to. Burgers, fries, and shakes. And I'm going to use my hands here. You're listening. Air quotes, chicken tenders. And all the way to a very healthy elements like uh, salads and even raw items and fresh juices. And so when I found those guys, we realized we had the same vision. We had kind of an overlapping skill sets and yet all had our areas of strength and we kind of went about doing it and we're having a great time. And uh, we've done some analysis too and we know that we've actually saved thousands of animals. In other words, if we are assuming for a moment that 80 or 90% of our customers are not vegans, and just just for kicks, bring that down to seventy five percent because we talk to people all the time. Yeah, you know, I say, we, I say you know, <clears throat> we're just kind of curious. Are you vegan? They always apologize. Well, no, we're not. But I'm like, oh, you're welcome here. So we're figuring out most of our customers are looking for healthier options. They've heard about the vegan thing. It's easy to come get like the Big Zach or a bacon cheeseburger, some fries, and a non dairy shake. But because there's so many omnivores. At our restaurant and other similar restaurants, replacing animal product meals with plant-based meals, we're decreasing the demand for animal products, which necessarily changes the supply chain and decreases the production required to keep up with that. Our calculations were just in our first three years, we're probably taking over 10,000 animals off the plate. And as we double and triple the size of our business, we are excited to know that that number will change as well. So cool. So cool. I'm shaking my head because <clears throat> you guys are doing exactly what I'm doing, but yes. I'm, trying, I'm trying to apply it to a social setting. So a person's night out um, or a person's uh, business. Oh, yeah. um, but you're touching people's hearts. You know, we were, um, for those who are tuning in now, we were talking for a moment before we went on and I look at your website and I'm like, that is rocking. In other words, Let's meet people where they are, Yeah, love them up, and then let them have their own process of discovery and awakening because we can't beat anyone over the head with the vegan Bible and tell them that meat is murder, even if we want to. Yeah. It's just not, not going to help. But if we live as a shining example of love and acceptance and nudge people along and show them some opportunities, um, I think that we have a good chance of creating a, a place where people feel safe to make changes and welcome to make changes. And, you know, and I have a lot of animal activist friends who are on the other side of the spectrum and I support them as well. If they want to get out there and show people the photos and show people what's going on, I support that a thousand percent. 
my dharma, my particular path at this time seems to be to, um, to do this thing with plant power of giving people the option. And I'll say, look, if I was a wealthy man, I would just be an animal rights activist full time. But I somehow want to change people's hearts and I need to make a living at the same time. So why not create a business that has at its core a social mission? And by the way, not only for the animals, but you know, it's for our employees and for the customers and the world and our investors. We, we're trying to stay out of our egos, it's out of our greed. I mean, we're just normal humans that want to succeed and <clears throat> be the famous vegan restaurant guys and all that stuff. <laughs> but we have to bring ourselves back to our hearts over and over again and remember why the why. And my partners are great at that. My, my, my partners are just inspiring, ethical, heartfelt guys that truly believe in the issue of not hurting our animal friends. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I support it so much. Um, so I'm curious, uh, thinking back to uh, the night we met there at the, at the gathering, um, and Ron, Chef Ron there, was telling a story of, he had a couple stories of, of a few different customers who, you know, for whatever reason they were eating there, whether it's, um, you know, plant-based food to change their health or, um, you know, he had a few different stories there. Do you have any stories uh, like that of customers or any kind of moment where you're just like, you know, it kind of rocks you back to that why in a yeah. day, hey, <clears throat> I'm doing this. Actually, you know, I can't think of many specific ones, but I, I love, and this has happened quite a few times where people have kind of walked up to me and you, you, you've met me, Patrick. So, you know, I can be kind of loud. Like it's not hard <laughs> to spot me at the restaurant and go, this might be one of the owners. Kind of, um, but so people often approach me and what I love is when they're asking questions, you kind of see them going, well, 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 wait a minute. So this is completely vegan. That's right. So what about you? Do you eat animals? No. Uh, what about your shoes? No, they're not leather. And I see people go, hmm. And I've seen that again and again and again. So I love watching people go, hmm, you know. Yeah. Um, I, had, I did have an experience at one of my restaurants about, I don't know, maybe six or seven months ago that really moved me. And it kind of was a testament to the revolution in consciousness that we're seeing right now. And I was, as usual, being a loud talker at our Ocean Beach location, which is San Diego, <laughs> talking to some customers. and. This middle-aged couple comes up, which, by the way, would mean, I guess, my age, which is weird. But that's how it is. <laughs> and they go, hey, we just wanted to thank you. We just love this place. We're so happy to be here. And I want to thank you so much. I'm glad you could, you could join us. And I said, where are you from? They go, oh, we're from Missouri. And they told me the town. I don't remember. And I said, oh, what are you guys doing out here? Are you, you must be visiting friends or family. And they go, oh, no, we, we flew out to come to Plant Power. And I laughed. <laughs> I went, no. We flew out to come to Plant Power, and they were they were quite serious. And these guys had been plant based or vegan for ethical reasons for they described it as maybe four or five months. And places like Plant Power had become a representation to them of what's possible. So you know we're doing our little fast food vegan restaurant thing, but for they for their consciousness, we were kind of mecca in, in an own strange way. And I'm sure we're not alone there. I'm sure people. Um, are deeply moved by other similar places, but they really wanted to come to what they felt was the heart, the Mecca of, of fast food. And I don't think it was a testament to our brand or us. It was really a reflection of a passion 
um, and the enthusiasm that they felt in, kind of in this new exploration of their lives. And I've had like, I don't know, count hundreds of moments like that where I basically just walk away crying and, um, and just realizing that this, you know, it's look, we live in a world where it's hard to make your dreams come true. I have a lot of friends who are waiting to be a rock star, uh, get the, the, the big acting gig that they've always wanted. It's not an easy world for people who are inspired or creative or spiritual or artistic. It's kind of, it's tough, right? Mm. Um, and so my partners and I, were still shocked every time we walk into one of our restaurants and there's a line of happy people getting food. We look at each other and we go, how did this happen? And I think, I think part of the answer is, you know, having the right people and the right team and working hard and being dedicated, having the right intention. Uh, another answer is right time, right place, right? When I talked to people about vegan fast food 13 years ago, they said, that is not going to work, dude. Do not waste your time with that. But the world's changed since then. And most importantly, and this is where I get a little cosmic, Patrick, but I know you're tracking with me, mm -hmm. uh, you know, aligning ourselves with the correct intention on a heart level. Is this just for me to have a big ego and have the world think I'm cool and make a bunch of money? Big, the big macher. That's the Yiddish term, the big macher, macher. <laughs> or am I doing this because um, suffering will be reduced, hearts will be opened, um, the paradigm in our society might shift a little bit. So I think that as we kind of, you know, align with the more powerful intentions, it's more likely that the universe will conspire with us to create new and exciting shifts. I love it. I love it. So you have three locations now, right? We do. Yeah. So what was, uh, can you get into some of the, the challenges to get there? Yes. I mean, first of all, we got to raise money. So the first thing you have is like a great idea. Uh, and then you have to kind of like define the idea and my partners and all that, we have different skill sets, but one of my, my missions was to kind of put our ideas down on paper, create the pitch deck, kind of like, what is this going to be? What's the name of it? How are we going to do this? We all worked on that very closely. My, my partner, Mitch has a well-known uh, vegan fast food restaurant in uh, San Diego called evolution fast food, which is kind of the, the mothership of plant power in a way. So we would gather in the back patio at evolution and, Dream this crazy dream. Um, you know, some of the hard stuff, um, because my partners are brave, you know, we would like, you know, once we got going, we signed a, our first lease, but we didn't have any money. Yep. So we started raising money and started building at the same time. And that's been very stressful. Like that happened with Ocean Beach and with Encinitas. We'd sign the lease, we'd jump off the cliff, pray that the money would come. And gradually it did, you know, one investor at a time. I think the, I think the thing about the restaurant business that's interesting is it there's stuff that's always going crazy and always going wrong. You know, there's uh, personnel issues, there's uh, HR issues. Um, just recently, some technician that was at one of our restaurants set off the, um, the whole fire system above the grill and all this fire retardant poured down and the restaurant was closed for the first time other than Christmas, you know, and Thanksgiving. And all, everyone's jumping in to clean it up. There's always crazy stuff that's happening. Mm. And, um, but for some reason, man, and we just keep charging forward, it works. So it's, I, I will say it's hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I think that my partners would agree that they both work so hard at this. And it's not just Mitch and Zach and I, it's just our extraordinary employees, too numerous to mention here, but, you know, Lori and Jenny, who have been with us from the beginning in Ocean Beach, Christina, 
Kim, who's now managing our Encinitas location. We have great people. We have a lot of strong young women who are actually emerging in management roles at Plant Power right now, which is very sweet. We're building a new crew right now that's going to be in Ocean Beach. And, um, and just because I'm a huckster for publicity, I have to say, and we're also expanding quickly. Um, we're going to be opening three restaurants in 2019, maybe four, possibly more. And um, it's exciting that after this many years of effort and trying and working with our team and building this beautiful group of inspired people with us, uh, it's starting to click. You know, people are coming out of the closet that, that may want to invest, that may want to franchise with us. And I think there's a tribe growing. And um, Mitch and Zach and I could be credited for starting this and creating this. But now I think we're really more shepherds of it than anything else because there are many people inspired to be part of it. And, you know, plant power is one part of a larger shift in consciousness. But there are a lot of people that want to be part of this business because they see the potential of this business in this form to touch a lot of hearts. So it's a lot of fun as people join our team and help us move it forward. Awesome. And you mentioned uh, before we got going, you are raising around now for is yeah. it for these next few locations? Uh, no, we're going kind of big picture. I won't talk about it in depth here. I'm not exactly sure what's what's, uh, but I will say that we will have a, a Reg 506C offering in the next few months. And that is something that we can talk about. It's our Series A raise. But essentially, you know, we started this building a lot of restaurants, and now it's time for us to shift to the next level. Mm. So we're creating a new parent company called the Plant Power Restaurant Group. And this will be the new parent umbrella company for all plant power development going forward. And um, it's the, the step that we've been wanting to get to for years, and we're so thrilled to finally be here. And there is investment that will be available in that probably within the next few weeks. And if anyone wants any information, they can contact me at jeffrey.harris at plantpowerfastfood.com or just reach out to us through our website or through Facebook. We're really excited about it because we didn't start this to build five or 10 or 15 restaurants. That's not why we're here. Mm -hmm. if, if we were, I'd, I'd be pretty close to chilling out and all would be well. But the fact is, um, you know, I, I'll say the fast food industry in the U.S. is a, there's over $250 billion a year right now. And they estimate that over 50 million Americans every day dine out at fast food. I always tell people, we only need 1%, you know? We only need 1,000 restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a vision. We want to touch people's hearts in, in a very expanded way. Totally, totally. Um, I am right there with you. So I saw you guys for previous rounds. You used micro ventures, right? We did, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and that I, is, that ahead, is uh, equity crowdfunding, right? Yeah. So we, um, when we were building our second restaurant, Antonitas, it was significantly more expensive than our first restaurant. It was a full drive-through. Uh, we were taking over an old Burger King, which is awesomely symbolic, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was just all sorts of crazy stuff we could not anticipate. We thought, oh, it's a retrofit. This is going to be easy. And then there was like a water table down there. And there's the city had all these requirements. And we, we went over budget right away. And we're raising money. And we're like, we're running low on cash. And I actually started to have to write more big checks. And I'm, I'm not a wealthy man. Uh, and then MicroVentures approached us. And we had already done a crowdfunding camp. Excuse me, not crowdfunding, but a uh, Indiegogo campaign kind of based on hey, man, we want to open a restaurant. We'll give you some mugs and a T-shirt. And, you know, it just completely fell flat because 
one of the things that we were selling is like our first restaurant gone really well, help us build the second one. And people are like, why should we help you three rich guys? You know, that's kind of how it came across and we're not three rich guys. So you know, our first, our first attempt at non-crowdfunding where you get a mug or a t-shirt or something that was like, ah, thanks for coming on our show. And then micro ventures approached us and, um, they said, why don't we do equity-based crowdfunding through um, Indiegogo? And it was a really exciting concept. I mean, as an entrepreneur, there are challenges. You're managing a very large investor group. Yeah. You know, a lot of people to communicate and take care of and feel responsible for. But on the other side, it's very egalitarian. In other words, you know, I'm a perfect example of that guy that might have only five or 10,000 to invest, but the big boys never want to take my money. Like our next raise it's a very kind of SEC compliant raise. We can't take a lot of small money, for example. Um, but MicroVentures allowed us to open it wide up and we had over 400 investors. We were able to, in a very short period of time, meet our raise requirements. You know, our goal was 400. We reached it. Not $400, by the way, just to say. <laughs> and um, It was very, very helpful for us. And it's also been very sweet because um, you know, the, the, the rule, the rule is never give 400 people your email address and phone number, but I, t I tend to break that rule. And so I've been in contact with a lot of those people and they're excited as they get updates and they see us growing and, um, their equity is actually going to convert into the new parent company. And so I'm really excited for these people that they got to kind of get into something early. And if we do well, which we hope to, then they all do well as well. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What would you say the, uh, the most common question about the food you guys serve or just the most common question you get um, around veganism? And you got the airways here, so uh, give the answer as well. There's a lot, man. You know, the most fun for me is when, you know, I like telling my omnivore friends because they know I've involved in this little restaurant project. That's that cute little restaurant project you've got. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and and when I hear the actual numbers, like the sales numbers, because we're doing an average annual sales per unit up there with McDonald's now. Now, we only have three restaurants in operation, but our actual average annual sales is, is, is way up there. And when I tell people that our customers aren't vegans or vegetarians, they're totally shocked. So I love sharing with people that this is for everybody. And having them get it, um, I'm not even sure if I'm answering a question, but I will say I love watching people have our chicken tenders. Again, I'm using air quotes. Maybe a bacon cheeseburger, a shake, some fries. And like, uh, especially our omnivore friends cannot believe that this is plant-based or vegan food. And watching that happen is, is just absolutely amazing. Um, the other big thing for us is just, you know, touching more and more and more hearts every day. Can you rephrase the question, by the way? You gave me so much time and I, I think I spaced out on all of your questions. No, that's good. That's good. We, we, we got a little, little more info. No, I was asking sort of what would you say the most common question um, somebody has about the food that is non-vegan? Yeah. And maybe just the, and it might even be the most. They ask, you know, they ask what it is. You know, they want to know, like, what, what is that chicken stuff made out, made out of? What are your burgers made of? And that, that's the big question, because I think it's so compelling, you know, that the taste the signature. And um, it really, it's, it's like the burgers a lot of us grew up on, right? So people ask, well, what is it, right? 
and and they you know i you know we have different products so we have chicken product we have our own black bean patty we have our beefy patty so they want to know what's in it the other thing that the, the pushback that we do get is from kind of the healthy plant-based vegan contingent yeah and, and they rightly point out that our big zach right doesn't necessarily have a lot fewer calories than the Big Mac. And that's actually true. And what we say is, that's correct. But a couple of things. Number one, there's zero cholesterol. This will not actually kill you. There's mm. no cooked meat, so it's not carcinogenic, right? There's no artificial ingredients that you can't pronounce. So calorie and fat and salt and oil are all one important aspect when we're looking at our diets. And that's very cool. When you eliminate cholesterol and you eliminate chemicals, um, having a medium to high calorie signature for most of us, is not a big problem unless it's on a regular basis, but we always point out to people, Hey man, don't forget, this is a hundred times better for anybody than the stuff that you're going to get served at that meat restaurant down the street that leaves you feeling horrible, susceptible to all sorts of diseases. And don't forget, man, we've got salads and check this out. We have raw items. Where can you go to a fast food restaurant and get a raw taco, a raw burger, a fresh juice? Where, where can you drive through and get that? And so we really have created a spectrum to really answer the needs of the healthy plant-based contingent. You're welcome here. The omnivores who are thinking about going to the habit or McDonald's, you're welcome here. You got kids? You don't want to tell them yet that that's really just a vegan burger? No problem. You're welcome here. They'll never know. We're trying to create a place that kind of works for everybody. And it's meant to be a bridge or a portal, right? Yeah. When I go out to eat, most of the time, I'm eating very, very green. And that plant power, I can do that. I can have the, like the raw taco is like insane. You would think it would be boring, but it's just delicious. So you can eat real super healthy and light at plant power, or you can say, screw it. I'm going to have the bacon cheeseburger. And I know it's still not that bad for me. As a matter of fact, it's pretty good. You know, we also have gluten-free options, which is very sweet, you know? Yeah. yeah, that was, that was a question we would get a lot, not even really from, um, a vegan necessarily, but somebody coming in that is health conscious and they're asking, you know, if the tofu is organic or, yeah. or the cashews that we made the cashew cheese with is organic and people, you know, we had a few customers that were upset. They're like, well, we might as well just be eating cheese, cow's cheese, you know, and we might as well just be eating meat. And, uh, yeah. So and I think, I think that's I'm like, I'm like, why didn't you order the organic uh, <laughs> bowl that we have? Yeah. Too? <laughs> you, yeah. know, you, you ordered the burger, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. You know what? And this is, you, you, you can never win. Right. Of course. <laughs> and look, you know, we would love to be, 100% organic as an example, right? Now we do have a lot of organic ingredients where we, we have been telling people that we're GMO free. We just found out we're only 99% GMO free. Mm. You know, there's one little thing we found out. So we're doing the best we can. We can't have a veggie burger that costs $37, you know? Exactly. I mean, so my point is <clears throat> we're moving towards it. And I hope that as the economy of scale of organic foods increases, and organic produce can be bought for less than that. We can do more of that. And I think that, it, you know, it's all about, are we taking a gigantic step in the, in the, in the, in a good direction here? And it's challenging because, you know, we want to do it perfect. You know, it's a great question. Are our black beans free range? Well, they are free range. 
I'm kidding. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> yeah. People were tracking. They were like, why would a black bean be free range? <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so uh, let, me, let me throw you a curveball. What's, um, what's one thing about you uh, we haven't covered, some people might not know about you that you want to share with us? That's great. But man, that can ju- that, that's just a doorway to so many inappropriate jokes, but I've just learned now. <laughs> now that I'm representing Plant Power, I'm just, my partner's not saying, dude, just be cool. Be cool. <laughs> um, you know, um, that, that's a great question, man. And you're, you're a great interviewer. I would love to just turn the tables on you, by the way, because you have such a beautiful spirit. Um, you know, I think that, I think the things I love, you know, the, one of the things I'm struggling with the last couple of years is, devoting so much time to plan power that I haven't been doing as much yoga and as much meditation and as much working out as I used to do. And, um, I love moving my body. I love being at the gym or yoga class. I love taking time for meditation and yoga. And, you know, honestly, it's been a little bit back burner the last couple of years. And I think that as we move forward, I hope to, um, to get that stuff more in my life. I love to have beautiful gatherings at my home where people share their music and poetry and we support each other's dreams. And I don't do it as often as I used to, but when it happens, it's just life-changing. I like to get people together and connect on the heart level. Um, now that I'm old, I like to nap on Saturdays for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> just once a week, man, that's all I'm asking. But, um, and I think that for me, you know, um, spirituality is important. Like I do feel that while we're in this world, um, we want to serve each other and love and you know, create some comfort for each other because it's a hard world in so many ways. And at the same time, I think that we all owe it to ourselves and I owe it to myself to also, you know, ask ourselves some deep questions about what is the nature of all this? And is there some deeper meaning to it? And um, for me, the stillness and the quietness that I found in meditation, um, you know, is pointed to that there are some answers or an answer or that thing, which is actually beyond the reach of thought or the mind, right? But, but it's present for all of us. And so it's very important to me that while I'm active in the world and engaged, that I'm also uh, taking the time to remember uh, why, and also to remember what, what is this, you know, what is our true nature here? What's all really happening? There's a great mystery that, that is unfolding. As an example, Patrick, 13.5 billion years ago, there was all hydrogen atoms, and now you and I are chatting. That's pretty cool. There's magic happening here, and for me, it's important to kind of stop and, and notice it, even when I'm stressed out of my mind, dealing with whatever the, the next emergency is, trying to kind of stop, see the magic, acknowledge people, and, and keep moving. I love it. <clears throat> I love it. I relate very much to the uh, to the imbalance that comes with uh, <laughs> comes with it all, but yeah, it, it just gets back to the why, right? Um, yeah, and we'll, we, they they let you nap at the end. You can nap for a few years at the end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, the other the other uh, thing I love about you, um, you're a big, strong guy. You know, I, I feel like you don't fit the typical kind of vegan mold, if you will. Right. Yeah. Um, and and for I, your, for your listeners, I'll explain when he says big and strong. Definitely vertically challenged. I'm a, what's called a, a VCA, a vertically challenged American. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I'm about five foot, five foot six, but I've always been kind of muscular and spent a lot of years working out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't fit the, the, the scrawny vegan um, stereotype. Yeah. I, mean, on I that, would like to be a little scrawnier though, to be honest with you right now. 
on that front, what, um, what has being vegetarian and vegan for so long kind of done for your health? Do you feel in control of your health because of it? That's a really great question. You know, a lot of people have said, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I made this change when I was 14 without thinking twice about it. And when you're that young, you could probably eat like cardboard or meat or vegetables and not, not know the difference because you're just you know, yeah. you're producing new cells every day. Um, what I've found is that when I eat uh, light and when I drink a lot of water and if I get enough rest, I feel great. And if I'm moving my body and when, if I'm ignoring any of those things, then, then not so much. But I've certainly never felt any lack of animal products in my life. I, I, I never had any cravings other than maybe once when I was 14 or 15 and, you know, I was camping with my dad and I smelled that bacon from a couple campsites over that once or twice where ah, it's still in your brain. But really, I never turned back, never even really missed it. And, and it's easy, by the way. It's changed now. E even when I'm not at a vegan restaurant, I, I open the menu. I look at the menu. I go, okay, they got salads here. There's avocados in the kitchen. I can see that they've got some corn tortillas for the tacos. They got some black beans. It's really exciting and fun for me to kind of make it up wherever I go, put together some crazy, healthy, vibrant plate at some restaurant where you would never expect that that would be possible. So, uh, you know, we all know the secrets, man, eating less, sitting right, moving the body, getting rest. And as an entrepreneur, you and I both know that it's, it can be challenging for sure. Yeah. So to somebody um, that's listening that wants to make the switch that wants to go that direction. Um, I always like to ask what's like the, the first thing you recommend that person should do. Uh, let's say they wake up tomorrow morning. What's the first action item they can do to, you know, eat more plant-based? Yes. That's a great question. You know, um, uh, like a lot of people, I have my little food addictions. Like you know, my, my great love is bread. Right. But yeah. if I eat a lot of bread, I don't feel good. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my strategy is like, okay, fill up on the salad. And there's a little space left over. I can, you know, have a piece of bread or toast or something. So my, my, my suggestion to people is, especially if you're struggling with your um, addiction to a food. And I don't even mean addiction in a bad way, but it's what you, what you love, man. Maybe you like your, your bacon in the morning, or maybe you love your uh, uh, quarter pounder at McDonald's or whatever your favorite thing is. You know, if you put up... Uh, a big wall and, and you focus on what you can't eat or what you don't want to eat. There's a negative vibe there. That's actually really not healthy for you. But mm. if you focus on what I want to eat and you move towards that and get excited about it, I'm going to saute some vegetables with tofu, man, and drop that on a pile of brown rice. And before I eat it, I'm going to stop and give thanks for a moment to whatever's happening in the universe. You can take a normal activity that you rush through. And I rush through a lot too. You could stop, you can make it sacred and you can make it exciting. You can dedicate this meal to your health and wellness. And I don't think that any of us are that successful just ripping off the stuff that we're attached or, or to. But if we focus on the positive and the joy part of it, it's great. I say, man, if you're thinking about going plant-based or vegan, it's nice that these days you can take yourself out for a really great, amazing, healthy dinner at any number of vegan restaurants, almost anywhere now. When I was a kid, there was no such thing. You know, you're on your own. Go to some place where other people of like mind are hanging out and order something groovy on the menu and give yourself a treat. You know, when I'm traveling for my corporate work, I'll often end up in cities all over the US 
And if I, if I get there a day early and I've got a, a night on the town before I do a day of meetings, I'll often just take myself out to dinner at some local vegan restaurant, maybe Uber it out or take a taxi. And even if I'm not talking to people, I feel like I'm in the company of people of like mind and like consciousness. And it feels very connected. So anything that you want to do in your life, right? If you wanted to be an Olympic uh, champion, go hang out with those guys. Mm. If you want to change your life to plant-based, um, spend some time with people that are doing that. If you want to learn you know, meditation or yoga, hang out with people that are doing that. But I'd say be excited about it, but don't be freaked out about, oh, I made a mistake or I'm really feeling the addiction right now. Just focus on the fun and the positive. I love that. Yeah. That's why I get to hang out more in LA. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. And by the way, you know, these are answers we all know. Uh, I don't think of myself as a very smart person, but you're asking such great questions that they remind me um, of these kinds of things that we've all learned, you know, throughout our lives. Yeah, totally. So we're, we're getting, uh, we're getting up on an hour. I don't want to, I don't want to keep you much longer here. Um, where can, where can people find plant power? Uh, you want to tell us the three locations and then also where they can follow sure. social media and all that. Sure. So first of all, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, not hard to find us there. Um, our website is plantpowerfastfood.com, right? And right now we have restaurants in the following places. So we're in Ocean Beach, California, and that's in the San Diego area. Ocean Beach is a cute little town, worth a visit if you're not right out there. Uh, not too far from SeaWorld, so if you're out there protesting at SeaWorld, stop by and have a burger with us. We're also in Encinitas, California, which is, I'm going to guess, maybe 35 miles north of San Diego. That's a, our kind of famous flagship drive-thru. Beautiful outdoor dining patio. Not good for a rainy day like today. Um, we also have a location in Redlands, which is in the Inland Empire, not too far from um, Loma Linda or Riverside. And that's such a beautiful shop. Kind of looks like the future of plant power. That's the new design we're rolling out. Mm. Uh, beautiful. Our, our first franchisees, Aman and Gagan Bata. She's this really incredibly inspired guys that want to be part of it and have built a beautiful restaurant there. And then we are opening up... Um, Three more restaurants. Um, two of them are not a secret. So uh, we'll be opening up on the campus of San Diego State University. We're very excited about that. Very cool. Um, and we're also, yeah, uh, I'm also taking credit for the fact that we'll finally open up Plant Power Long Beach this year. And people say, well, you shouldn't take too much credit. You've been promising that for about a year. <laughs> so um, so part of one, of one of my full-time jobs is working on Plant Power with my partners. The other is just answering people on social media, asking when Long Beach is going to be open. <laughs> and uh, we finally cleared all our final permits and inspections and we're building. And that's definitely going to open early this year. We're very excited about it. And then I have a third surprise secret, top secret, one that's just really going to be awesome. And I can't say much about it other than to say uh, we will take over a restaurant that used to drive through and would serve meat. And now it's going to be serving something completely different. <laughs> so we're nice. really excited about that. And I guess I, the one thing I want to say to everybody, Plant Power's probably quite a distance for a lot of people. If you're out here in Southern California, it's not too bad. It might still be a drive. If you're in Boston or someplace else, it's kind of out there, but find the groovy local vegan plant-based restaurants, support them or go to your local restaurant and, and kind of support their evolution by, you know, uh, selecting the vegan options on their menu. Um, plant power is part of a much bigger shift in consciousness. So we're, we're excited to be part of it. We're excited to, to bring vegan fast food to the world, to play our little role in this. But we each 
make a huge difference in the world with all these small decisions we make every day. Um, not eating animals or eating less of them, if that's worked for you, being kind to each other. Um, the revolution is inside. The revolution will not be televised, but it's happening. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, before my last one, um, I just want to uh, thank you for, for all you're doing. And, and I'm, I'm just so glad that I, I bumped into you. And, uh, and, and I bumped into you or I re I made sure I, I got you before you left that night because you were the loud guy and you mentioned plant power and I said, Oh, I got, I got to connect with them. You know, we, we share a, a very similar mission and I really respect what you're doing. And, um, well, I know that this is your podcast, so it's not, not about me talking about you, but I do want to say, Patrick, I love your energy. Your questions are brilliant. You're a great listener and a great interviewer. I'm also so excited um, for your own business, which is called, what is it called? Wild. Free Wild. Free Wild in Boston. I'm shouting out for your business here. <laughs> I can't wait to get out there. Maybe I'm going to have to fly all the way out to Boston to go there. But um, thank you for bringing your light and love to this movement, my friend. It just You're a shining example of what's possible. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, last one for you that I ask everybody. Why, at the end of the day, if you had to say it concisely, uh, do you live a, a plant-based vegan lifestyle? Love. That's it. That's the answer. There's a thousand reasons. Yeah. But there's only one that matters, man. It's just love. Mm. I, you know, it's love. And, and I'm going to add to that. Now, see, I'm going to blowing the concise part of this. <laughs> you know me. You know, when we understand the nature of love, and I'm not someone that's perfect, man. I struggle like everybody. When we understand that when we have love for all beings, when we look at other people that are different from us, richer or poorer or different colors or people that are on the street and smell bad or people that are very successful, or when we look at animals, you know, cows, pigs, chicken, fish even, they seem so strange. They're underwater for God's sake. When we look into the eyes of any being and really try to cultivate that love, we open a doorway that can't be described, Right. And we get glimpses of something bigger than ourselves. And that's the reason I'm vegan. It's just about the love. I don't want to hurt anybody. That's it. And I'm glad that I get to eat delicious food these days, but it's really all about the love. Awesome. I think the, Beatles, the Beatles have a, a line. I'll probably misquote it, but something like, and in the end, the love you make is equal to the love you take. Mm. Or maybe backwards. But you know, that's it. You know this already, brother. You're loving it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Well, I think we did it there. It was a real joy. 